welcome to John Cook Ministries podcast. I'm John Cook. Today we are continuing our study on the pastoral epistles. We now join in progress part three of our study. Then in verse three of chapter three of 1 Timothy, we read, not given to wine, no striker, not greedy, a filthy lucre, but patient, not a brawler, not covetous. So the requirements go on to say that we're not to be given to wine. That is, we're not to be addicted to it or disposed to it or surrender ourselves to it. Not given to wine is not a drinker because to be sober means you can't be drunken. And Proverbs chapter 20 and verse 1 tells us wine is a mocker, strong drink is raging, and whosoever is deceived thereby is not wise. Those that say, well, I can handle my liquor, you're deceived. Preachers who think it's okay to drink today, you're, you're deceived. Because we're supposed to be sober, not drunken. Ephesians 5.18 tells us, be not drunk with wine, wherein is excess. What does wine bring? Excess. Excess of all sorts of sin and wickedness and wicked imaginations. But be filled with the Spirit. We're certainly to live a sober life. We need to be filled with the Spirit. And then he says, no striker. That's one who strikes out at others. In Jeremiah chapter 18, at verse 18, says, Then said they, Come and let us devise devices against Jeremiah, for the law shall not perish from the priest, nor counsel from the wise, nor the word from the prophet. Come, let us smite him with the tongue, and let us not give heed to any of his words. So, not a striker also deals with striking out at people with our mouths, our tongues. We're not to be guilty of that. Not guilty of filthy lucre, he goes on to say. First Timothy chapter 6 and verse 5 says, Perverse disputings of men of corrupt minds and destitute of the truth, supposing that gain is godliness. From such withdraw thyself. These are those that think just because they make a lot of money or have a lot of things that that makes them godly. The Bible says they think that gain is godliness. They're deceived. 1 Timothy chapter 6 and verse 10 tells us, The love of money is the root of all evil, which while some coveted after, they have erred from the faith and pierced themselves through with many sorrows. The love of money is the root of all evil. Not all kinds of evil like some of the Bibles say, but God says all evil. So preacher, we're not in it for the money. And if you are, you're kind of foolish because you're not going to make much in the ministry. Although there are some who have perverted the book and perverted the ministry to make it what it's not supposed to be. They've become thieves in the, work, in the church of God. We're to be patient. Patience is required because we've got to wait on God to move in the hearts of our people. We can't move people. Only God can move people. It also requires patience for us to be in the ministry. 1 Timothy chapter 4 and verse 10 says, For therefore we both labor and suffer reproach, because we trust in the living God, who is the Savior of all men, especially of those that believe. You're going to suffer reproach. You're going to have bear it patiently. First Peter chapter 2 and verse 20 tells us, For what glory is it if when ye be buffeted for your faults, ye take it patiently? 
But if when you do well and suffer for it, you take it patiently, this is acceptable with God. Suffering for something we're guilty of and taking that suffering patiently doesn't bring glory to God. But suffering for something we're not guilty of and we take it patiently brings glory to God. Not a brawler, he says. A brawler is one who's going around looking for a fight. Pastor can't be like that. He has to have a temperament to look out for others. You won't have to look for a fight in the ministry. There's plenty of battles that you'll have to fight. You don't have to go looking for them. And you shouldn't be looking for them. Not covetous, he says. Covetous is always wanting more, always wanting what the other guy's got. Now, how do we avoid covetousness in our lives? Well, we learn contentment. Philippians chapter 4, verse 11 through 12 says, Not that I speak in respect of want, for I have learned in whatsoever state I am therewith to be content. He says, I know how to be abased, and I know how to abound. Everywhere and in all things I am instructed both to be full and to be hungry, both to abound and to suffer need. So we need to learn contentment. This brings us to verse 4 of chapter 3 of 1 Timothy. It says, One that ruleth well his own house, having his children in subjection with all gravity. One that ruleth well his own house, the Bible says. That means he's a leader of his home. That means he's oversees the home. It means he cares for his children and his wife. He gives spiritual leadership to the home. It says having his children in subjection with all gravity, has control of his children. Subjection is the act of subduing another. In this case, it's our children. Eli of old in 1 Samuel chapter 2 and verse 22 says he was very old and heard all that his sons did unto all Israel and how they lay with the women and assembled at the door of the tabernacle of the congregation. This was the behavior of his children, his sons. Well, you'd think he'd bring them in to call them down about it, straighten them out about it. But we find in 1 Samuel chapter 3, verses 11 and 13, that that wasn't the case. It says, And the Lord said to Samuel, Behold, I will do a thing in Israel, at which both the ears of every one that heareth it shall tingle. In that day I will perform against Eli all things which I have spoken concerning his house. When I begin, I will also make an end. For I have told him, God had already told Eli this, that I will judge his house forever for the iniquity which he knoweth. He knew what was going on because his sons made themselves vile and he restrained them not. He didn't bring his sons into subjection with all gravity. That term with all gravity reminds us of something that someone once said. Children are more like Peter Pan flitting about, flitting around. It's the father's responsibility to bring them into subjection with all gravity. That is, bring them down to earth, correct how they're living, and teach them how they're supposed to live. They need to be brought to reality. Proverbs chapter 22 and verse 15 says, Foolishness is bound in the heart of a child, but the rod of correction shall drive it far from him. Foolishness is bound in the heart of a child. That's a far cry from what people believe today. But it's what God says, and God is always truthful. 
Luther used to teach his children to read the Bible in the following way. First, he taught them to read through one book carefully, then to study it chapter by chapter, and then verse by verse, and then word by word. He said it's like a person shaking a fruit tree, first shaking the tree and gathering up the fruit which falls to the ground, and then shaking each branch, and afterwards each twig, and last of all, looking carefully under each leaf to see that no fruit remains. He said, in this way and in no other shall we also find the hidden treasures that are in the Bible. We need to learn to do that. We need to teach our children the importance of getting into the Word of God and studying it and knowing it. Verse 5 of 1 Timothy chapter 3 says, For if a man know not how to rule his own house, how shall he take care of the church of God? Again, the man is the head of the home. He's responsible, and he's held responsible for the home. But the Bible says if he doesn't know how to rule his own house, then how is he going to take care of the house of God? The primary responsibility is for the pastor to rule his own house, bringing his children into subjection with all gravity. He rules his own house by correction and instruction. Ruling his own house is proof that he can pastor the church and lead it. If he can't lead his home, he can't lead the church. The Bible says, how shall he take care of the church of God? If he can't take care of his home, how shall he take care of the church of God? If he can't do the first, he can't do the second. Second Timothy chapter 2 and verse 25 says, in meekness, instructing those that oppose themselves. If God peradventure will give them repentance to the acknowledging of the truth. We're in the business of trying to keep the hearts and minds of God's people fixed on the Savior. So we're to take responsibility for the church, the flock of God that's entrusted to us. But we can't do that if we can't take responsibility for our own home. Hey, this is John Cook again. Thank you for listening to the John Cook Ministries podcast on the pastoral epistles. Before you hit that exit button, how about take some time and leave us a comment or maybe a prayer request or what question do you have that we might be able to answer for you? Let us know how we can help you. And don't forget to subscribe to the John Cook Ministries podcast and you will get the next lesson just as soon as it is released. Well, we'll say goodbye for now. God bless.